This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Before we get into our uh, biggest questions surrounding NFL teams in the offseason topic that we're doing, we still have the rest of the AFC, the AFC South, and the AFC West to do some other news and notes I want to get into. Number one, Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat. According to the Scott, the groundhog has seen his shadow. Okay, don't you think they should have done like something where a like Punxsutawney he has Rogers. like a Raiders jersey, a Packers jersey, in uh, a Jets jersey in the t- cave, and then like whenever the he final just day, emerges, he emerges wearing with the, team the jersey, that he's gonna he's sign. Like, I am a Raider now. Like that would have been great. No, it wouldn't. You know why? Because screw that guy. Yeah, I, I agree. Like his uh, the atten- It's enough of the attention yeah. already. Win a Super Bowl, buddy. Wasn't he also supposed to be in there for like a month? We're going to pay attention Didn't, to the, Isn't that what he said? Like four yeah, weeks? Yeah. And how long did he uh, last? Four like, days. It was supposed to be four oh, days. really? So okay. it is four days. But yeah, for real, man. Like we're we're busy paying attention to Patrick Mahomes now, okay? Like he's winning Super Bowls and he's everything that you were supposed to be and then some. So enough with the attention, buddy. There's a, I, I'm sick there's a new of stud Rogers. in town that we're I'm all obsessed so with. I'm so sick of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and like- Think about how much cooler Patrick Mahomes is. He just like crushes beers with Travis Kelsey on oh, golf courses. Oh, not only that, like, not only that. How many rings does Rogers have? One. How many does Pat have? Uh, two so with like, another runner-up. So you're irrelevant, buddy. You're irrelevant. you're old and irrelevant at this point. Old news. Uh, it's just funny that they wrote in the ESPN article. Scott Berman, who owns Sky Cave Retreats, confirmed that Rogers left the dark room facility on Wednesday. So, like wow. this guy's like watching Rogers emerge <laughs> from the cave and leave. Uh, the only thing that's exciting about this, though. And I agree with you that I'm sick of Rodgers, but now we actually will get to where is he going to play this year. Mm-hmm. That, that's, But you know what? Actually knowing him, it's you not don't know. he'll yeah, come yeah. out and he'll go on McAfee now and he'll be like, you know what the darkness retreat told me? I'm even further away from my decision. Yeah, right. I've got a lot of things to figure out before I make that decision. Out. Yeah, so who knows how that will shake out. Another thing that I wanted to touch on, Netflix has been doing a lot of these uh, documentary-style series. I don't know if you've noticed, like, the Full Swing Golf one. Yes, I have heard uh, They do that. F1, too, the, 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 the racing season. one. Well, I think the newest season of F1 started, like, yesterday. Okay, the Drive like the to new... Survive or whatever they call well, it. No, 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 no. I'm saying, like, the actual season of racing. Oh, racing started. So I believe so. So the documentary so. is starting to get more. Yeah, Footage or they're, they're, they're I don't great. Know, I don't really follow it. So both it be of them the are other. critically acclaimed. The F one one yes. and the full swing one for golf have been great. Well, now there's a new series called Quarterback coming out. It's going to feature Kirk Cousins of the Vikings. Ugh. It's going to feature Marcus Mariota of the Falcons. Oh my God! But here's the thing. It's going to feature Patrick Mahomes as well. That's all. You all mean. three of those quarterbacks wore a mean. microphone for every single game of the 2022 season. And that access is going to be turned into a documentary so, over the summer. So the Mariota thing, Cousins is, will be all right. Cousins, Cousins will be is good right. because he He's was on a really Jefferson, good team. Yeah. yeah, he had big names on his team, and we all know the scrutiny that that team came under when they started off what like eleven and one, and then finished like twelve and four, something like that, and then lost their home playoff game to the Giants. So it should be entertaining. But the Mariota thing, I think, was just like Atlanta is a cool city. Let's put it on Mariota. He got benched. By the end, of, like, are they going <laughs> to show that when Desmond Ritter so, comes in? So, is the full season of the show going to just have him on the bench too, or, is I, the, I don't or know. does the mic switch over to Desmond Ritter? I, I don't know. Um, but Patrick Mahomes spoke about this. He said he's, "I'm excited for fans to get an exclusive behind uh, the scenes." What did he look. say? I'm excited there. for fans to get an exclusive <laughs> behind the scenes look at an unforgettable season for the entire Chiefs organization and for my family. Uh, his company, Two PM Productions, is helping produce the series. 
From welcoming home a new baby in the middle of the season to welcoming the Lombardi Trophy back to Kansas City, our crew was there for it all, and this new Netflix series will show the time, preparation, and balance that it takes to be an NFL quarterback and perform at the biggest stage. Normally, I'd say since his production company has their hands on it, that it's going to be just a Patrick Mahomes love piece, you know, a puff piece for him. Mm -hmm. What else would you do, though, even if it was like his arch enemy's production company that made it? (laughs) Where's the bad that you're going (laughs) to show from Patrick Mahomes? Uh, Peyton Manning's Omaha production and himself are going to be executive producers as well of this. So I I think this has the potential to be the best of the sports documentaries that they do. Well, just because you care the most about these guys. And it's the most high profile. Exactly. Maybe the. Well, next to LeBron, is he the biggest athlete right now? Because the F1 people That's are right. international and soccer superstars. players too right. are so big. But in they, this country, they haven't released a, a soccer show like this. But is LeBron the only one in this country that's ahead of Mahomes right now, as far as superstar household name is concerned? And I, I, I'm not gonna lie, Tom. He might be past LeBron now. No. Oh, I was gonna say it's a big gap oh, between LeBron, to him. LeBron and Mahomes. Well, LeBron's international too. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, we we have to consider inter- international levels of fame. Some of these guys, like the F1 guys. You know who else you have to consider in this, even though he sucks now, is Tiger. Because he still moves the needle uh, more I than mean, anybody. I mean, last weekend. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was never close to breaking into the top group. But everybody. But everybody was following yeah, exactly. him. Exactly. When he, when he hit what? Was it like three under or four under on Saturday? That was uh, a story. Everybody was going bananas. That, Jason John, Day hit like eight under no on Sunday. No one cared. Not John not Rahm is the best golfer I've ever seen right. in a long time. No one cares because Tiger was one under. Tiger was four. He was able to walk through the uh, entire round. Right. He hit holes. his best best round since like 2019, since pre car accident on Saturday. Just uh, wait for them. Just wait till Augusta. Just wait till Augusta. Like, I understand Pat Mahomes right now in America. Is as big as you can get, but when you when you have a game that travels to other like that is popular in other countries, like you can't like even golf. you can't even compete. You can't even comprehend how many households worldwide know the name LeBron James. So I'm very excited for that Netflix series to come out this summer, and and excited to get some up close looks at Mahomes cousins and. It'll be funny. To, it'll be funny to watch Mariota get benched if they do indeed right. watch. Oh show my Mariotta God, that has benched. to be on there. All right, back to our regularly scheduled program. In the last episode, we uh, are looking at the ESPN.com list compiled by NFL Nation, where each NFL Nation reporter for that specific team wrote their biggest question mark for that team heading into the season. We did the AFC East and the AFC North in our past episode. We'll tackle the AFC South and AFC West here, and we'll do the NFC side of things next week. But let's start with the AFC South, the Houston Texans. Their biggest question heading into 2023 Will Coach D'Amico Ryans, two first-round picks, and $40 million in cap space be enough for the Texans to turn things around? I think they got the right coach. I mean, he was incredible in San Francisco as a defensive coordinator. They've got the number one overall—no, they got the number two overall pick in the draft this year, and they're going to have their choice of quarterback because the Bears, despite the rumors that are starting of them trading Justin Fields, they're not going to trade Justin Fields. They're not going to take a quarterback. It doesn't matter, like, what's going to happen— their biggest threat for Houston not getting to pick their quarterback of choice to me is that someone trades with the Bears and moves up to number one. Right. That's, That's their the only way threat. that someone can interfere with Houston's pick of quarterback that they want. I think they're going to pick Bryce Young. I think they'll be happy if like the Colts cut in front of them in line and take Bryce Young with C.J. Stroud. You know, I, that's why I don't think the Texans are going to look to trade with the Bears to move up to number one mm-hmm. to ensure that they get the quarterback of their choice because I think they'd be comfortable with both of them. Mm-hmm. Forty million in cap space is huge too. 
And this question, to me, it kind of just, the way I answer it is, they have the opportunity to turn things around with the cap space and the draft picks, but you got to follow through on them. Right. You got to pick well. You right. got to sign well. I mean, look at the Jets, right? The Jets have been the laughing stock of the NFL for who knows how long at this point. And no one is laughing at the Jets now because they find somehow finally, right? It took this long, but they finally had a draft class that's worth worth mentioning and they finally have a young core that has the potential to lead this team to success down the line. So, yeah, I mean, you can have all the draft picks in the world you want. What you do with them is what really matters. Interesting note about the Texans. Last season, terrible football team. They were 3-2-1 and one against the division, though. Very competitive right. against I mean, the AFC South. Didn't they finish 3-3-13 three, three and 13, or 3-14? Three, and 14? three or four wins. If anything, they, so got like they one only more win outside beat the their division. division. Which is a good thing, though, if you're them, because yeah. a it shows you that the division ain't that strong. So, you, well, we knew that you, you didn't have you didn't have to look at that record. But you're really that. not that far away when you think about sure. it, because the other teams, uh, Jacksonville, might take the leap. But other than that, you you really don't see a team in there yet that has taken the complete reins of the division. The winner of the division last year was nine and eight, uh, three two and one against your division. If you can, you know, infuse even more talent on your team. They had no talent last year. And just a placeholder head coach in Lovey Smith. Now you have your guy in Ryan's and potentially a franchise quarterback that you pick and additions via free agency because of all your cap space. I, I could see them definitely, I don't want to say being the worst to first team this year, but they'd be a candidate. And I, I won't make that prediction until they sign players or they make their draft picks, but they certainly have the ability to get much better in just a year's time in this offseason. Yes, they definitely do. I don't know if the turnaround comes this year, though. Like, they, and I'm not saying they're a couple years away from being a couple years away either. They're kind of past the Bill O'Brien when he, like, torched them. Trading right. Hopkins, uh, trading uh, JJ. Tunsil, Watt. Like, they're they're gone there. That, mm-hmm. that, that blow up, I think they're finally past it now. They've got two picks in the top 15. They've got all this cap space. It's now time to start rebuilding back. And you, I think they can. You shouldn't be in the basement in 2025. Let's put it that way. If you no, I think I think they have the potential to be based on coaching staff, draft picks. I think they have the potential to finish second in this division. That's do, not necessarily they're they're that good that they'll be nine no, and that's eight. That's a product of the South. It's more just than I have no faith in the Colts and I have no faith in the Titans. Yeah, Jags are the only team that you have any faith in right, right now. If you are an AFC South fan. Speaking of the Indianapolis Colts, their question, should the Colts hang on to Matt Ryan to mentor the quarterback they're going to draft? I don't know if that's going to be up to Matt. If it's going to be up to the Colts, He could right? just retire. He could just he walk could just away. Say, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be a backup mentor kind of guy, although maybe he will be a backup mentor kind of guy. He got benched for Sam Ellinger this year, and I'm sure he was real mad about it, but took it in stride and was ready to come back in once, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, Frank Saturday, Wright got fired, yeah. and Saturday comes in, and he's like, I'm playing Matt Ryan. I need all the help I can get out and there. And then he benched the him again. He might have played Matt Ryan because he was the only one who knew how to call and operate an offense on that Colts staff at that point. So that's might be why Matt Ryan went back out there. If Matt Ryan wants to do it, I think it's pretty clear that they're going to draft a quarterback, one of these top four quarterbacks in this year's draft You class. have to. I mean, you're going to go forward with Sam Ellinger? If Matt again? Ryan wants to do it, 
I think you let him do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, think that's you very say no. I don't want. I don't want someone who's willing to help this team. No, we could do it on our own. But here's the problem: they're already on the hook for twelve million in guarantees on Ryan's deal. But he'd make twenty nine million dollars next year if he remains on the roster. That's another seventeen million dollars for a veteran mentor. That's an incredibly steep price to pay for just a guy who's going to be a veteran mentor. You'd have to not only, I think, convince him to not retire, you'd also have to have the really tough conversation with him being like, can we just pay you that $12 million guaranteed and maybe rework the rest of your deal? Because I don't really want to pay you $29 million this year to mm-hmm. hold a clipboard and help develop Will Levis, mm-hmm. let's say. So that's... You, you, Steelers fans are, are talking about Mitch Trubisky coming back as the backup, what, like what, mm-hmm. $8 million per year and saying, that's pretty steep. Imagine if it was $29 it just, million. And he's not playing. And he's not playing. So... The price might not be where it needs to be. They would probably need to restructure price-wise, and that might be another thing, like you said, that would kick Matt Ryan out the door because he's like, screw this. You, you offered me this money to be the starter last year. I'm not just going to let you wriggle, wriggle off the hook now. You owe me $29 million or cut me and pay me my $12 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if he can come back, if he's willing to come back, I don't know if Matt Ryan's a selfish enough dude to demand all that money, right? Like. I, I would assume if he does want to come back, there's a potential for a contract negotiation. So maybe it doesn't end up being that much money. Is the backup veteran that they bring in to help, you know, maybe either start at the beginning of the year in front of a quarterback or back up the rookie, is that Nick Foles? Do you do do you go that route? He's yeah, not as good of a veteran backup. It doesn't make sense is how Nick Foles just isn't being relied upon as much in Indianapolis as he has been so many other teams or so many other cities that he's played for. It was just surprising that they benched uh, Matt Ryan, Ryan. For Ellinger instead of for Foles. Right. It should have been right. Foles if you're going to Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting, you know, choice. Do you go with Nick Foles? Do you go with Matt Ryan? You you just can't have Ellinger be your backup quarterback next year. Then you have two, basically, babies in your quarterback room, and that's probably just not going to go well for the Colts. And things aren't going well for the Colts, by the way. They're... A team that literally, after signing Matt Ryan, heading into the 2022 season, a lot of people picked to win the South. A lot of people picked to maybe make some noise in the playoffs. Very surprising bad year from the Colts this past year. And it looks like now that that window that they had, where they had one of the best offensive lines, Jonathan Taylor's still great, but he was hurt a lot last year. Uh, Their defense, Darius Leonard in the middle, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. It looks like that window... Is closing way faster than I thought it would because I thought they were a team poised to be the South's, you know, champion for a while, mm-hmm. and they just ever since Luck left right. can't get the quarterback position right, and it's been holding them back immensely. It's it's the same thing. It's the same struggle that the Steelers have had to deal with since the Ryan Shazier injury. They just cannot fix that position. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the winner of the AFC South last year and winner of a playoff game last That's year. That's right. Can the Jaguars re-sign both right tackle Juwan Taylor and tight end Evan Ingram, given their cap restraints? Right now, the Jags are $31 million over the cap. They can get under with a few releases and some restructures, but as Michael DiRocco notes here from NFL Nation, it's pretty unlikely that they're going to bring both of these players back. He thinks Ingram is the bigger priority because of his impact, setting franchise records for tight end uh, catches and yards. I mean, it's pretty obvious that he found a good place in Jacksonville considering year after year everyone was saying, oh, well, he should be great in New York, right? Daniel Jones should have an easy target, go easy go-to guy. Never happened. 
Now, normally I would I'd say you're in that that Bengals situation again with Joe Burrow. Do you want to protect Joe Burrow or do you want to give him a weapon to throw to? Of course, it's not like Jamar Chase, the weapon that you're talking about here with Ingram, but he's still a really good tight end. And Jawan Taylor probably is going to be a little more expensive as a tackle, mm-hmm. uh, as an offensive lineman. And as Michael Jarocco notes, the Jags have a replacement on their roster for Taylor and Walker Little. They drafted him in the second round in 2021. And being as his price range is probably going to be a little bit high for the team. And he is one of the top available players in a weak group of right tackles for this free agency period. I think you go with Evan Ingram. You hope your second round pick in 2021, Walker Little, is ready to step into that right tackle spot. You get cheaper at that spot, but hopefully don't drop off any production. You still protect Lawrence, and you keep a weapon that he really developed a great relationship with as the season wore on in 2022. Like, the Engram and Lawrence connection really came strong. Right, towards, yeah. like, and Lawrence that's with is great a lot perf- of other receivers on that team. Kirk's back mm-hmm. this year, and they're, they're going to get, get Calvin Ridley, who applied right, for his right, reinstatement right, right, in the league. Right. Now, I think the league still has to approve it, but I, I would really think that it would be sour grapes if the league continued to, to keep him sure. out. So they're going to have a lot of weapons on that team. I, I say keep Ingram and, and just add that safety blanket connection with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with you on that one. I think it's – if they can – is there no possibility of them managing to sign both? The, the way that the Michael DeRocco lays it out, it's just going to be too tough with them already being $31 million over the cap right now. they they got to get rid of players already. So bringing both of those guys back just might not be in the cards. Eh. And again, if you have a viable replacement for cheaper and Walker Little, you should get cheaper at that spot. Mm-hmm. I know it's tough to get cheaper on the, you know, the offensive line he's protecting your franchise position, quarterback. Yeah. But he's not the left tackle. He's not protecting Lawrence's blind side. Lawrence can see all the pass rushers that beat the right tackle. So I, I would go with Walker Little. I'd move on from Taylor and I'd bring Ingram back on a on I'm a with three you, or yeah. four year I'm deal. I'm with you. Finally, the Tennessee Titans. How can general manager Ran Carthorn fix the roster, and help turn the Titans back into a contender. Now, he's already made some moves. That's a pretty big, what's what's the question for the Titans? How much can one person do to fix an entire team? Well, That's not really a fair, that's a pretty loaded question. I think the old GM, uh, a huge, huge, huge mistake for the Titans this past year was trading A.J. Brown. That's a guy that you needed to rework a contract mm-hmm. with and re-sign oh, yeah. to your team. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially what makes me so baffled by that, Jacob, is take it to 2021 when the Titans won the AFC regular season. We're the number one overall seed and got the bye in the playoffs. Derrick Henry was hurt for a while in that season in 2021. A.J. Brown kept them afloat. Mm -hmm. Tannehill and Brown's connection kept them afloat and kept them in that number one spot. And then you move on from him in the offseason and you try to do the thing where you you trade Stefan Diggs and get Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. except you forgot to get Justin Jefferson with Traylon Burks. He's he's done nothing really right. for you. So I think that was a huge misstep from them. The Titans have to get under their cap, uh, the cap line, and they did that by releasing Taylor Luan and by releasing Robert Woods just recently. So those are two pretty big, high-priced guys that are now on the market. Some Steeler fans might want to kick the tires on Taylor Luan. I do not. Uh, I think that his best years are behind him. Blew out his ACL in 2020 and hurt it again last year in just a couple of games. Uh, bad knees. Pretty talkative guy off the field, too. Taylor Luan, he does his podcast. He's big into the showbiz side of things. 
I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's not a great thing when you can't stay healthy and contribute every single Sunday. So uh, that's a guy you're going to hear now that he's on the market. A lot of Steelers fans be like, oh, Taylor Lewan, that's a big-time name. Mm-hmm. Put that on the offensive line and everything's better. If it was 2018, I'd agree with you, but not right now. Yeah, I, I, I certainly don't. Are you? What are your level? What's your level of interest of bringing him to Pittsburgh? Zero. Yeah, because I don't want him but at there all. are you know there is that crowd. Oh, a out ton there. of people want him. Right. People think that he would fix everything. That he would and the I trickle down from him. That. Yeah, I disagree with that. You're better served drafting a left tackle than picking him. In terms of addressing the the head on question about what can the GM do to fix this roster, I mean, first of all, they have the biggest question that any team doesn't want to face, and that's who's going to play a quarterback for them. Yeah, are they bringing back Tannehill or not? And if they don't, you're going to go forward with Malik Willis. So whatever, what was the exact hell? Yeah, like can they get Jimmy G? What was the what was the exact wording of the question? Was it how much could he do? What can he do? Just how can general? I don't know. Like I don't think there is an answer. I don't think there's an answer this year. Like I don't think there's some magic bullet that you do in 2023's offseason where the 2023-24 season is you're back in playoff contention. Uh, It's going to take a little bit more time than just you know a quick turnaround uh, for them. But the problem too with them is that I don't know how bad they're going to be. Like, are they going to be bad enough to pick in the top five, in the top ten, and maybe get a franchise quarterback? Rabel's a really good coach, and they still have maybe the best running back in football. Defensively, they're pretty solid as well. They've got some playmakers on that side of the ball. Like, it's a tough spot to be in for Tennessee because you're kind of getting into that finish middle, draft middle, stay mm-hmm. middle phase of your team. Yeah, I, 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 again, I just don't have, I don't have the answer for you. If you're Tennessee, and I don't know if the I don't know no matter what you do, if you're gonna fix things in the next two years, even like I don't think I don't think you get by this year and then you set yourself up for and then 2024 offseason to be like okay this is where we can really add to our team and get back to being in the playoffs, get back to being a division champion. I think I think that there's a dark road ahead of Tennessee. Going with Tannehill, they knew that it had to be almost a perfect storm for them to win, and they kind of had that perfect storm year in 2021, finishing in first place in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Then he threw four interceptions against the Bengals mm-hmm. and lost them the game. So, like, that was kind of the ride, ra- the razor-thin line that you were riding on when it came to Tannehill, and it ended up biting you when it mattered the most. Turning our attention to the AFC West to wrap up the AFC, the Denver Broncos, their question. Outside of quarterback Russell Wilson, what is the biggest improvement the Broncos' <laughs> offense needs to make? I think the Broncos' offense has a lot of playmakers. Yeah, I mean, remember Devontae gonna, Williams tore his knee last year. But they're going to get him back. He's going to be back. Uh, and I think he, Jerry he, and he went down early, so I think he has Sut- a lot of time to work back. Sutton and Judy, I think, are really good ones. Yeah, oh, I agree. I think they're both really st- top-notch. Yeah. Uh, they do need Russell Wilson to improve, but as Jeff Legwald from NFL Nation Denver says, and I agree with, the offensive line was also terrible last year. I mean, Russell Wilson was getting sacked a lot, mm-hmm. didn't have enough time in the pocket, and once Williams went down, there was no running game really to keep the pass rush off balance from opposing teams. So not only does Russ need to get better with Sean Payton on, at the helm now as head coach, they need to shore up that offensive line. They need to make sure that they protect them well and that they run the ball very, very effectively. Yeah, I... I... It's funny how the question is, other than the biggest question that everyone has for this team, 
what's the next biggest thing for this team to address? And I honestly don't think there's really, like, it doesn't even come close. The uncertainty surrounding this team, whatever they are, aside from Russell Wilson, you can combine every single question mark this team has aside from Russell Wilson, add them up, and they don't even come close to equating as a total to what is Russell Wilson going to be in 2023? I mean, Russell Wilson was supposed to fix a bad offensive right, line. He right. was supposed to be that good that he can elevate a team that's mediocre right. into being a good offense. Listen to this. Another thing that Jeff Legwell notes is a big problem with the Broncos' offense is just simply confidence. This is unbelievable to read out loud. The Broncos haven't averaged more than 21 points a game since 2015. The year bef- the year they won the Super Bowl. And they were a bad offense that year. Mm-hmm. Right. As he notes, that's a locker room full of players who have yet to experience any success on offense in their NFL careers. Russell Wilson's the only one, and he had all that success in Seattle under a different regime and under a different team. So that's a huge, huge thing that Sean Payton's going to have to lift up here is you guys haven't averaged more than 21 points per game in almost 10 years now. It'll be nine years once the calendar changes to 2024 in this upcoming season since you've averaged more than 21 points per game. Uh, simply not good enough. And Steelers no. Nation, you thought it's been bad the past couple of years. Imagine being like nine years where right. you can't even get you. You're barely sniffing twenty right. points per game. So, uh, uh, offensive line obviously needs to improve, but the the team's not going anywhere unless Russell Wilson experiences any kind of bounce back. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever be an All Pro again, but he's got to get to like fringe top ten status of a, of a quarterback if Denver wants to. Compete in a very, very tough and crowded AFC West. I'm with you. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions. What questions could you possibly have? What will the depth chart look like at wide receiver and running back after this season? My answer to that is, does it even matter? No. They proved that it really doesn't yeah, matter. Now, you, get- now it, you can't just throw garbage out there. Of course. But... You can get away with the Juju and a McCole Hardman and a Marquez Valdez-Scantling and still be very effective. Because guess what? You not only have the guy at quarterback, but you have the dude at tight end. Oh, yeah. The, the, the dude. dude at tight end. Do you end. think Travis Kelsey's a better tight end overall, like career-wise, than Gronk? Do you no, think Travis Kelsey? I still think Gronk was the best tight wow. end I've ever seen. Gronk was such a good blocker, too, and just did so much in the running game. I don't well. know. I might be ready to give it to Travis. He's got to catch him in touchdowns. He's got to get his record, for sure. I mean, he's on his way. They're both Hall of Famers. And Already, on, yeah. on the first I mean, ballot. Gronk is retired, so we know that. He'll but, be in soon, but they're both first Kelsey will Hall be, Famers. Yeah. And two revolutionary players at that position. Um, but, yeah, like, la- like you saw last year – other guys step up at big moments. Juju had a big second half in the Super Bowl, caught a lot of big passes for the Chiefs. Kadarius Toney had his moments uh, when they got him from the Giants. You saw a guy that Aaron Rodgers couldn't win with, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, be very effective with Patrick Mahomes at times this year. And, of course, they still have Sky Moore, the player that they drafted last year at the wide receiver position who could still uh, come on strong. So, I mean, with wide receiver, I think if you just have four or five solid ones, Mahomes is going to find the hot one every game, and there's going to be one of them that emerges as Kelsey's Robin every single time you step on the field. Now, with the running back room, I think it's pretty close to calling Clyde Edwards-Alaire a bust. 
He yeah, pick thirty-two. But overall. It doesn't matter. I mean, get a sure, helmet on Super Bowl Sunday. It doesn't matter because Isaiah Pacheco and Jarrett McKinnon, those two guys. That's you, the you've thing. got a running back room with those two guys. That's the thing that they have their starter. In like Pacheco. it never feels good to admit, yeah, that was a bad draft pick. But if you can fix it as quickly as the Chiefs have done, then I don't think it really matters. No, he'll be Pacheco will be number one on the depth chart heading into training camp this year, and he'll be their lead back and. I think they do need to re-sign Jarek McKinnon um, because I think he is a really good third down back and he's a really good playmaker out of the backfield as well for Mahomes to use in the passing game. So it sucks for a layer. You know, you're picked in the first round and mm-hmm. you can't even get a helmet on the Super Bowl. But I think that he's looking at being the odd man out now because I think it's Pacheco and if they bring him back, McKinnon's running back room. And I think that's a good room to have because – Pacheco's not a superstar by any sense of the imagination, no. but he runs tough. He'll get you a tough yardage. I mean, yardage. maybe he could be next year. He could year. be. Does he play in an offense that will ever allow him? Right. To I mean, it's such a passing offense, first and foremost. I will say this, Tom. But he gets the job done when Mahomes Jared needs it. Jarrett McKinnon led the league of running and running backs for receiving touchdowns this year. Had nine, Jarrett McKinnon. No, he's a playmaker. And but that's I'm just saying, so like, you could, him. I mean, even though it was a pass-first offense, Pacheco could take that next step in terms of his physical abilities and become just... Instead of instead of doing like a a two to one split between Pacheco and McKinnon, it could just be a Pacheco show, and they could really get him involved. The Las Vegas Raiders, their biggest question: Which direction will the Raiders go at quarterback now that mm-hmm. Derek Carr is gone, veteran or rookie? I think they should go veteran because I think this team is ready to win now. You went out and you got Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs is a stud. Darren Waller is a stud. I. I I don't think that they can afford drafting a C.J. Stroud and then being two or three years away with the kind of weaponry that they have. Mm-hmm. They they need a Rodgers. They need a Jimmy They need G someone who can in. just come in and just ball out. They need to make the playoffs next year. Like, that's the goal. And that, yeah, if they there is no rebuilding here. If it, they don't, what's, what's the verdict? Do you get rid of Josh McDaniels? Well, first of all, I think they might have made a mistake with Josh McDaniels anyway. Um, you just think he's better served as a coordinator than yeah, a coach? Probably. Yeah, probably. And, and again, this was another situation where, like, remember with Zimmer and the Vikings and how he, like, said he, he just didn't like Kirk Cousins? Mm-hmm. Like, that obviously is going to translate to poor play. I just think McDaniels never really wanted Derek Carr, which is odd because he chose the job knowing that Carr was his quarterback. It just seemed like that it wasn't the guy for McDaniels. And I don't know. It just, McDaniels never gave him a chance, right. really, I don't think. And, and I'm not saying that Carr deserved every chance in the world. So he, it's not going to be Carr. No, he's gone for but sure. I think it's. I think if you're Vegas, you have to get Aaron Rodgers. Like I don't, I don't know if you can really do it with Jimmy G. Like I don't know why the Raiders wouldn't be more attractive to Rodgers than the Jets. Like yeah, the Jets have a ton of young talent, but that's young talent. You got to trust that that young talent's gonna you know. Yeah, know we what saw, to do. you remember how frustrated Rodgers like, was so all year, just saying. I mean. I just put the ball right where it needs to be. And and these guys just position. can't catch the ball. I don't yeah. know what else I can do. Like, so Nathaniel Hackett's the big draw. No, I think the big draw is Devontae Adams. It's the Adams player, and, yeah. And Josh it has Jacobs to be. And Darren Waller. So, I mean, it's Josh Jacobs. I don't think there's a question. Josh Jacobs is a better running back than Aaron Jones. Uh, for Green Bay, Aaron Jones is is. I'm not going to disparage him because I think he's very good. But, but yeah, this, I take this Jacobs past for year sure. for sure. You, Jacobs you, was the best running back yeah. in football this year. He led the league in rushing. Um. Yeah, I think the Raiders would be the best fit for him, honestly, because that team's ready to win now, and he'd be reunited with his boy, Devontae Adams. And finally, to wrap up the episode, the Los Angeles Chargers. 
What do the Chargers need to change or improve to realistically threaten the Chiefs' AFC West dominance? They need Patrick Mahomes instead of Justin Herbert. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> I think that's like, it. It's kind of a uh, an unfair question to ask mm-hmm. because no one's it catching has, the Chiefs in the AFC West. It has really nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with the other guy. Yeah, exactly. Now, they play the Chiefs tough. I think if you had to pick a team that consistently plays the Chiefs tougher than anybody outside of the Bengals, it's probably the Chargers, right? Well, it's just the Chargers because they play, they play the all most. the time. Yeah. Uh, Bengals, of course. I, but I'm pretty sure the Chargers got swept this year by the Chiefs. Even though they play them tough, they, they still play get them swept. tough. They always lose those. Yeah, still. they just always Patrick lose. Mahomes has never lost on the road against to an the AFC, AFC West, West team. Opponent. I think the Chargers got him at Arrowhead Wild. once, but he's never gone in. Like if you're an LA Chargers fan, a Denver Broncos fan, or a Vegas Raiders fan, and you've gone to every single home game where you've played the Chiefs, you've never seen your team beat Patrick beat Mahomes Pat since Mahomes, he's become the right. starting quarterback. Um, it's an impossible, you know, gap to close. The best thing that the Chargers can do now is hope for that number five seed to get the top wild card spot, play the weakest division winner, which they did, and they still lost this year. So that's really the ceiling, I think, for the Chargers. Yep. And again, like you said, it's no fault of their own. They could be a 12-win football team. It just sucks that the Chiefs won 13 games. Right. 14, if not 15. You can now subscribe to our show, every episode we do. They're all available for you to download. You subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcast. That's the NFC. We'll do NFC questions next week. But we continue our series of power ranking positions next as we look at the top 10 running backs in the NFL. That's on the way. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman. You're listening to the Steelers Standard.